As was pointed out in the liturgy and that was uh, mentioned by Zach, the first public words of Jesus in the book of Matthew is, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now before that we hear him speak, but it's, it's during the temptation. But when it describes him as he's preaching to the people that he comes across, his statement is, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Which is not really a normal message that you give to people. Uh, when I hear that statement, I, I begin to think of the preachers on the street corners with a megaphone and, and generally some sort of sign. I remember my wife and I uh, and a friend, we were visiting Port Townsend, and the man just walked up, put down a crate, stood on it, and had that sign right there. And standing across the street from him, I couldn't help but think and wonder, Repent from what? And what kingdom are you talking about? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Is really a message that is hard for us to stomach. It's hard for us to even hear. I have this kind of uh, tradition that's come up over the past couple of years where I, I get to church early in the morning on Sundays and then at 8 o'clock, right when my coffee shop opens, I walk down the street to go get my coffee. And as I was doing that today, uh, I was talking with the barista who asked, uh, for whatever reason, calls me Reverend. Reverend, what is the, what's your sermon title today? And I said, repent. <laughs> Stop. Are you telling me to repent? Or is that your sermon title? That's a sermon title. And then asked, uh, well, you're not going to scare any children with that, are you? (laughs) Hadn't thought about it. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is, in fact, a very scary statement to, to hear. And to have someone yell at you, in fact, repent, kind of shocks a little bit. There's many books that have come out about the way people are, and and many of them have all agreed that everybody seems to like Jesus. A lot of us like the idea of Jesus in the way that he talks about love. We like Jesus in the way that he, he has certainly come to die for our sins. But when it comes to time of talking about repent, meaning to change, suddenly it becomes a little awkward. Repentance, meaning to change, is something that is hard for us to accept. Many of us do not generally like change. And to understand that that we, once uh, engaging and being saved, have to change is hard. But certainly, what would it mean to come across God and remain the same? Why would we expect that to be the way it is? That coming across God and hearing the word of Jesus, that that our automatic assumption should be that we change, that we desire change, that we want change. The truth of the matter is is that, that really at the heart of things we do want to change, we want to get rid of the wrinkles, we want to take back the time. We want to erase the mistakes of the past. And we want to forget how we even got there. 
We need that change. We not only want it, but we need that type of change. And hearing about Jesus, who has fulfilled all of that, we receive that change. So for the one who knows Jesus, who who has heard the words of forgiveness, who has heard right out of our, our epistle reading of Colossians that in Him we have been given a new life by His washing away and taking away those wrinkles of time and those mistakes of sin. Our heart actually flutters a little bit with the word repent. Because we want, we need that change. We need a new course. We need a new heart and a new life. The sermon series, as we've talked about it, is, is something, a way that we are kind of organizing our thoughts and our ways of teaching about discipleship. And so we we understand that as we hear about Jesus, we come to hear that we are people who are loved and that we are people who are brought to life. And that these new hearts of ours that have the fullness of God's love and, and have a new life granted to it, our desire becomes to worship this Savior of ours and to be gathered in community with one another. And within this worship and within this community, we certainly hear the words and the teaching of our our Savior, the one who brings this good news to us. And part of that message is repent, change, change. For the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Colossians 2. Colossians 2 gives us a very good idea of what this is like and what this is. Saying that as we have received Christ the Lord into our lives, we walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and in His life given to us. And it says, see to it that none of you fall into the empty philosophies and deceits of the world. Because that is certainly the path that many of us are normally on. That is the path that we find most comfortable. That is the path that we wish to follow often. That is the path that we have been called to change out of and away from. Last week we celebrated one of the uh, more prominent modern theologians of our time, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who certainly had a message as he he talked about peace and justice, that it was not to abandon the faith, but rather actually, for those of you in the faith, start following it. Many churches in celebration of that day, they always sing, uh, sing the hymn, Lift Every Voice and Sing. And in that hymn, there's, there's a line that goes, God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who hast brought us this far on the way, Thou who hast Thy might, led us into the light. Keep us forever in the path, we pray, lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget Thee. 
that in the empty philosophies, in the empty deceits of the world, we drink the wine of the world and we become drunk. We become drunk in a stupor of our understanding of all things. We see the world with a a haze. Creation is nothing more than something for us to use and abuse. The relationships that we have for people are something that we take advantage of and grant it. Even the community that we've gathered here becomes something that we just use for our own comfort. Even our families fall victim to our drunken haze in the wine of the world. To repent is to sober out of the wine of the world and drink the wine of the fruit of the vine. To drink a wine that quenches all of our thirst. To give us a new lens of this world that every day we wake up, everything we see is as if it is new. That creation is not something to be used or abused, but we are to be good stewards of, to care for, to rejoice in the way God has made it. That each person that we come across is someone who also has the ability to be loved and brought to life just the same way that we have. That our families, who normally bear the brunt of our frustration, actually become the place where we love in the most intimate ways. To change, to repent, is to see the place that we are now the way God sees it in the kingdom of heaven. So the heart in Jesus flutters a little, excites a little with the word repent. Because to us it is not a scary word. Rather it is a word that we have been anxiously waiting for because we know we need this change. We've been craving this change. One way that we talk about this change. And, and coming up uh, in Lent, all of our sermon series in Lent will be revolving around this, so get excited about repentance now. <laughs> Is understanding that, that we turn in repentance, turn away from and turn towards something. That changing doesn't mean just change without any sort of direction, but actually change with a very purposeful direction away from something and towards something. And for us, we are turning away from the emptiness of the philosophies of this world and we are turning towards the fullness of the gospel. We are turning away from the drunken stupor of the wine of this world and to the fulfilled, thirst-quenching wine of Christ. We are turning away from all that we were and turning towards something that is completely new. Turning away from all of that to all of Christ. A couple weeks before my wife and I arrived in Seattle, we went on our delayed honeymoon to Ireland. And we rented a car 
And if any of you have ever driven in Ireland before, you know the streets are very narrow. And you also drive on the other side of the road with your steering wheel on the other side of the car as well. And so it took some time to get used to it. I never got used to it, I won't lie. I just can't do that. It, it took a while to where I could actually maneuver the car. But eventually, uh, we got used to it, and, and, and we got out to uh, places where we wanted to go hiking, and we thought we were on the right road. Even though everything was in English, it seemed to be in a different language. And, and we get on this road looking for our, our hiking trail, and sooner or later, the road started to narrow and became a gravel road. And it became just a single lane as it climbed up these almost seemed like gravel mountains. And we came to a point in time where suddenly, as our little car approached what looked like a farmyard, the gates swung open and cows started to pour out onto the street. (laughs) Well, we stopped our car, obviously, and, and two city kids sitting in the front seat. Our eyes were big, staring at these big cows that every time I started to inch my car forward, more came out of the yard. <laughs> I can't make eye contact with my wife right now. <laughs> so as, as we were trying to drive up, more and more cows got in the way. Now, we were faced with an option here. We knew that somewhere on the other side of those cows was one of the highest rated hiking spots in all of Ireland. And we would love to get that under our belt. The other option was to reverse down the mountain. Well, as we started to approach forward, we we had kind of this drunken stupor of adventure, looking to try and keep going and, and move ourselves forward to meet our fulfillment of time and place and our honeymoon, for Pete's sake. But the more we move forward, the more poured out in our way. Eventually, my wife's better sense got a hold of her, and she persuaded me, much as it says in the Bible about how wives do to husbands, to go back, to turn around. But you see, that, that almost seemed harder. I was on the wrong side of the car, trying to reverse down a mountain on a gravel road. <laughs> but... She got out of the car, helped me figure out how it was to turn the car around. And going back seemed much easier and a lot less scary than what I first thought. Repentance is to turn away from and turn towards. Not to follow the empty philosophies in our lives, trying to reach fulfillment on our own. But as people who are called to love and to life, who worship together and are in community, we get out and we help each other turn the car around. We get in the, the seat next to the driver and we walk with them on that way, away from the wine of the world towards the wine of the vine. We change. And we rejoice in that change with each other. And every time we get lost, We get out of the car, we help each other turn around, and we go along the path together. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.
Words at first may seem scary, but to the Christian, to the one who finds their love and their life in Christ, a moment of rejoicing. A time when everything becomes new for us once again. I'd like to finish with a short story about a man I once knew when I was still working in St. Louis. I got to know him through through grad school and, and lived in the same neighborhood of St. Louis as me. And this man suffered from the unfortunate, uh, unfortunate gift of intelligence, frankly. He was a very smart man. And it was a kind of intelligence where you could easily fool yourself into thinking that that you can really try and figure it all out. And so he hopped from philosophy to philosophy. First starting with the philosophy adventure that, that by traveling the world and setting goals and trying to reach each goal and see every corner that there is to offer, that maybe he would understand love and he would be able to live his fullest. But when that started to not work out, he switched his philosophies and he started to follow the philosophy of relationship, where he started to collect friendships in every space that he could. And and maybe each of those friendships could add up to an authentic relationship on their own. But after enough times of those relationships breaking down and none of them seeming to work out the exact way he imagined, he started to abandon that as well. And then he moved on to the philosophy of success, where, where maybe by investing all of his time into grad school and into the papers and into his projects that he would be able to gain all of the acknowledgement that he had always hoped for. But there are very few that can ever reach that level. So then he switched again to the philosophy of being the defender of all, the one who can go out and fight for justice on his own, But every time he started to lead a march, he could rarely get everybody behind him. But then he heard about something. He heard about someone who you didn't need to travel to the corners of the world to find. He heard about someone who, in the midst of all those relationships, was always wanting a relationship with him. He heard about someone who in the midst of all of that still loved him for every failure of the philosophies he followed. He heard about the one who could bring actual life where all those successes turned to failures. He heard about Jesus Christ. He heard about the one who says to him, change and follow me. As he started to change, took days, weeks, months, years. But the more he learned about this one, this one who was called to him to repent and to follow, he found that all those adventures wound up meaning a lot more in seeing the way God works in other people. He found that each of those relationships that he started to form was another time and place where he saw love and life come to fruition and another chance to worship his God and find community. He found with every word that he wrote, it meant double what everybody else saw. He found newness. No longer in a drunken stupor of the wine of the world, 
but every day found fresh wine for him. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here for you. Amen?